Welcome to $100 Plus Mileage, the podcast about those New Hampshire bills that don't make the news but could still impact you. If you're curious about our name, check out our bonus episode, What's in a Name? The short answer is state legislators are only paid $100 plus mileage each year. That means regular folks have a lot of access to the legislative process. We're here to highlight those opportunities for you to get involved, giving you the unbiased facts, the pros and cons on current bills. I'm Mike Dunbar, content editor for Citizens Count. And I'm Anna Brown, director of research and analysis for Citizens Count. On today's episode, we're talking about the law and cyber flashing. Okay, before we define what cyber flashing is, I have to share this weird trip down a linguistic rabbit hole I took. So are you familiar with the term, it's a linguistic term, portmanteau? Hmm. All right. So if I remember my high school French correctly, that means trunk. It's like a kind of luggage, uh, at least literally. But assuming that has nothing to do with what we're talking about today, je ne sais pas. Okay, so a portmanteau is a blend of multiple words into a new word. The classic example is like brunch, which is breakfast and lunch. Podcast, actually iPad, iPod, I should say, plus broadcast. Bromance, brother plus romance. Swapportunities, swap plus opportunity. Uh, one of my favorites, peekapoo, which is a Pekingese <laughs> blended with a poodle. That's like a literal portmanteau since they literally oh, put it together. But, I so it. I like to complain about this now and then because I feel like my generation, millennials, have really gotten carried away with the portmanteaus and like the word we're talking about today cyber flashing is kind of a portmanteau so i just went on this wikipedia trip because i was like where do portmanteaus come from and they actually date back to lewis carroll and a line from through the looking glass alice is asking about the words in the poem jabberwocky super cool poem and humpty dumpty explains you see it's like a portmanteau there are two meanings packed up into one word and now you see my linguistic rabbit hole was also mm. a pun. Um, anyway, the whole point of this <laughs> is to talk about the portmanteau word cyber flashing. This is a new word that describes when a person flashes someone by text, email, video chat, etc. Basically a much better word for unsolicited dick pic that also includes obviously women sending graphic images of any kind. Uh, the fact that dick pic is part of our lexicon is uh, really just problematic for me. I really, I don't know if I want to live in this generation. <laughs> well, and I found a 2017 poll that showed over half of women under age 35 have received an unsolicited explicit photo and roughly one fourth of men admit to sending one. And this is not like not asked for, just to be clear. Ugh. This is not everybody just like sending each other nudes. It's like these are unwanted photos. Just statistically thinking about that, knowing that I definitely know someone who has sent and received one, it's just like, again, nightmarish. I And again, my parents listen to this podcast, Mom. I'm so sorry you have to hear this. I don't like it either. <laughs> I mean, so the good news is, or bad news, I guess, is if I'm doing my math right, that means this bill probably impacts about half of the people listening. Uh, I admit I am super, super lucky to be in the minority of young women who have not received an unsolicited photo. So unfortunately, I've also never had to bleach my eyeballs. And of course, <laughs> we joke a little here. But these images can be really threatening and re-traumatize victims of sexual violence. I was reading a little bit online about this legal debate, and I found like a super creepy story from one woman. She was standing alone at a bus stop at night. And a pic just got airdropped to her phone. And mm. so she gets this explicit photo. There's no one around. She's like, okay, is there someone hiding in the bushes to rape me? Like, should I just start running? Or do I, like, pray that the bus gets here? So, 
yeah, it's it's not just like a, a gross thing that happens. It can be really scary. Yeah, that's awful. And, you know, for all our Android listeners out there, uh, we should explain that uh, AirDrop is this Apple technology that lets users share content with everyone physically nearby who also has an iPhone, um, uh, you know, unless they have certain privacy settings turned on. So uh, this technology, unfortunately, is really helpful for creeps who want to just you know, send out these lewd photos of themselves to everyone in a bar or a park or wherever they are at the same time. The technology has totally accelerated this problem. And especially in 2020, there were all those headlines about Zoom bombing, right? So people mm -hmm. interrupting public meetings or even elementary school classrooms with pornography. And so I think the 2020 stay-at-home order actually raised public awareness of this issue. So let's get into the proposal to criminalize cyber flashing. Right. So right now, there is no New Hampshire law that really applies to somebody sending an unsolicited explicit photo as long as everyone involved is a legal adult. Yeah. So let's be clear. It's already a photo, a felony to send an explicit photo to a person under the age of 16. And if a child or teenager sends a photo, that's getting into the area of child pornography or as victim advocates prefer to call it, images of child sexual abuse. Um Right. And New Hampshire also has uh, laws against flashing people the old fashioned way in person, of course. Uh, then there are always laws against stalking and harassment in general, which can include electronic communications. But none of these laws actually addresses the anonymous graphic photo that gets airdropped to a person in a bar or sent to a teacher's email or texted out of the blue from an old acquaintance. All right. So that's the bill we're talking about today. HB 296, 2021 bill to change that. It's sponsored by Rep. Allison Nutting-Wong, who is a Democrat from Nashua, and Rep. Sherry Frost, who is a Democrat from Dover. It would make it a violation to send a sexually explicit photo with the intent to, quote-unquote, harass, annoy, or alarm the recipient. Any second, second or later offense, so if you do it more than once and you get caught again, that would be a misdemeanor. Right. Now, this sounds familiar. Wasn't there a similar bill on this last year? Yep. This is yet another one of those bills that got lost in the shuffle when the legislature shut down due to the coronavirus. And like a lot of those bills, it's getting brought back from the dead for 2021. Mm. Now, let's get into the pros and cons of this proposal. I think the simplest argument in favor of HB 296 is that flashing is already a misdemeanor when you do it in person. So there's no reason you should get a free pass just because you're behind a computer or a phone. When I listened to the public hearing for this bill, some supporters argued the penalty should be even steeper than HB 296 says, which is, so remember, it says your first offense is a violation, and then if you do it again, and it's a misdemeanor. And people were saying, okay, well, it's not like if you flash someone in person, you just get a violation first. It's, it's a misdemeanor, and it should always be a misdemeanor, because let's be real, violation, it's kind of a slap on a wrist. It's like a speeding ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now... Opponents of HB 296 argue that cyber flashing is actually pretty different from flashing somebody in person. There's potentially a lot more forethought to walking around naked under a trench coat or something like that than there is to, you know, snapping a photo in the moment and sending it off to somebody. Right. So that's why we talked about why HB 296 starts with a violation. So there was the argument that, you know, okay, let's just play it out here. Some really stupid college student gets really drunk. They make a terrible choice and send a gross photo. And then they wake up the next day and look, you now have a career room ruining criminal record with a misdemeanor at sexual offense. I would love to believe that you didn't need to warn someone not to take a picture of their nether regions and send it out like a coupon code, but maybe I have too much faith in humanity. Who knows? I, I'm know? reminded of that uh, recent uh, Betty White tweet where she was like, 
80 years on this earth, no one ever told me not to put glue in my hair, but somehow <laughs> I just knew. Like, just that intuition. Yeah. All right. So the other argument from HB 296 that I heard was that since you can delete a photo and block the sender, cyber flashing doesn't really merit police involvement, which like, you know, well, this is the debate. And someone testifying on the bill said that it was, quote unquote, lewd and tacky, but that's it. Right, right. And the last concern about HP 296 that I heard about is intent. So the bill says that the sender has the intent to harass, annoy, or alarm the recipient and knows the recipient didn't consent. So at the public hearing, Representative John Burt was asking about how a case might play out if the two people had a romantic relationship in the past or even in the present. Yeah, the state has to prove the facts beyond a reasonable doubt. So ultimately, it's all about the particular details of a case. It's going to be up to the state to pr- prove that intent and consent or or lack thereof. Right, right. Okay, so let's let's say that you've been receiving a, a photos like this or whatever, or, or you know, you're somebody who really wants to protect uh, victims, or maybe you're concerned that the police shouldn't be getting involved in stuff like this. What should you do? Okay, HB 296 now faces a vote from the full House of Representatives. And at the time of this recording, they have yet to schedule their next day but to vote. But until then, you can always go ahead and contact your state rep and ask them to vote either for or against this bill. Right, right. And I think it's interesting to note that if New Hampshire does pass this law, we'll be one of the first states to make cyber flashing illegal. Texas was the first back in 2019. We've reached the golden hour of our podcast, the segment we call Only in New Hampshire. And I think it's your turn this week. What uh, delightfully weird trivia do you have for us today? Have to give a big shout out to In-Depth New Hampshire for this one. They are Granite State News Collaborative member, and they had a 2019 article and videos that I got most of my information from. So this is the fun fact. The New Hampshire legislature used to actually pay state house reporters so they used to have their own table right up at the front of the house chamber and the state would pay them to keep the public informed about what the heck laws were happening not problematic at all i well (laughs) we'll get into that debate because on the other hand it's like how else would the public know what was going i mean i guess newspapers could pay them on their own but so this is connects to our our podcast name though as well because so starting in 1879 they were paid 50 dollars a session and then about 10 years later, they raised it to $100. So guess what? They were paid the They're same as <laughs> legislators, minus the mileage, I assume. Um, back then, sessions were much shorter. And obviously, $100 was worth a lot more. And uh, so, you know, <laughs> make of that what you will. But the Concord Monitor mm. was one of the newspapers that had a paid reporter there, as well as the Manchester Union, and which I believe is a predecessor of the union leader. So, yeah, rich, rich reporting history in New Hampshire, in the state house. Yeah, and as much as there is that obvious potential for a conflict of interest, there's also the fact that the public has this interest in knowing what the heck is going on in government. And if, you know, reporters aren't going to be there otherwise, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. And I, I mean, there's really kind of important reflections on this today, because according to research from Pew, I know the number of dedicated state house reporters has been declining over the past two decades. You know, it's really easy for people to just get, you know, their attention span filled with whatever's going on in national news. There's so much clickbait out there. Whereas these local issues that are maybe more complex, maybe less clickbaity, 
are just not as interesting to people. They're also less interested in paying for those local paper newspaper subscriptions. So it can be harder for local newspaper outlets to be supporting dedicated state house reporters. So, you know, that's that's partly why I think the Granite State News Collaborative is really doing important work because it's newspapers supporting each other, digging into these complex issues that otherwise might not get unpacked. And, you know, also Citizens Count. I feel like we did not start out as any sort of like news oriented nonprofit. We just want to inform the public about what's going on. But as the state house reporting has declined over the years, I feel like more and more we have to step up and let people know what's going on. I mean, heck, this podcast has teased out just a handful of random issues so far. There are roughly 900 bills every year. So like, there's, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, there are many, 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 many things happening at the state house that no one has the time to report on. Like it would be, it could, you could write a novel probably at the end of every <laughs> session day. So, so yeah, that's my argument. I'm not saying we should start paying state house reporters again, but it's, it's kind of interesting to think about where the New Hampshire democracy used to be and how it's evolved over time and its relationship with the media. Yeah, and if anybody in the legislature wants my Venmo handle, I can uh, <laughs> we can put it in the show notes. Mike, I, I, I think you're stretching there. Remember, $100 plus mileage. That's the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that wraps it up for today's episode. You can find out more information and episodes at citizenscount.org. We'd like to thank Franklin Pierce University for producing and the Granite State News Collaborative for hosting. Our theme music is composed by yours truly, Mike Dunbar. And lastly, we want to thank you for giving us a listen and thinking about how you can be part of what makes New Hampshire by the people, for the people.